Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Drive with Goodman and Mason. Watch us on MileHighSports.com. Listen to Mile High Sports Radio, 98.1 FM, 107.5 HD, 3 FM. If you want to make sure your golf game is in tune, you don't stop playing golf because the weather isn't golf weather. Well, it's golf weather today. Might not be golf weather later on this week. Go to Optimum Golf in the Park Hill Rhino neighborhoods to keep your game ready for the season. Now is the time to get your custom-fit, custom-built clubs and to get some lessons from their award-winning pros Plus, you can keep your swinging shape on one of their virtual bays. You play some of the best courses in the world. If you want to have a private party, Optimum Golf is the best place to do that with leagues and tournaments and can take care of you as well with the private party. So book your tee time today at theoptimumgolf.com. Andrew Mason here, Eric Goodman, out for the day. So sitting in with me from CBS4, the one, the only, Justin Adams. What's going on, baby? How you doing? I'm hanging in there. Bad dude. The, the last time we uh, yeah. we did a show together... The Broncos quarterback situation looked a little bit different. Yeah, it was terrible. Um, yeah. <laughs> there's no other way to say it, okay? <laughs> Hopeless. <laughs> less than hopeful. <laughs> you know, the funny thing about it is, yeah. and I always think back to, what would we be doing right now if Russell Wilson was not a member of the Denver Broncos? We would be convincing ourselves that one of these quarterbacks would mm-hmm. be the next guy to go and challenge Patrick Mahomes. I could see the articles already. I can't wait to see just how, you know, Kenny Pickett would do it, you know, an Arrowhead Stadium with those skinny fingers. Even uh, last season, I think you and I were trying to talk ourselves into Malik Willis. <laughs> and there's some tools there. I don't want to laugh about it. I mean, no, he's, no, don't get me right. He could be great. But he could be great. He could be. Could be. Might be. Might be. Hopefully will be. We don't have to worry about that no now more. Now you got man. somebody who is great. Oh! And he was in the building today. Yes. Because the Broncos started their off-season workout right. today. That's right. And we're going to start with that. First of all, if you want to ho- if you want to join us on the Rocky Mountain Forest Prox Twitter feed, hit us up. I am at Mace Denver. Justin is at, at Justin Adams TV. Time now for the lead. The lead is presented by Smoke and Dave's Barbecue and Brew. Colorado's best barbecue since 2007. Get some tonight in Denver, Longmont, Lions, and Estes Park. Well, it was kind of back to school day for the Broncos with a new headmaster, a new classroom leader, mm-hmm. Nathaniel Hackett, Russell Wilson leading the way as the Broncos began gathering. They're going to be working for the next basically about a couple of months here. Yeah. yeah, yeah. This week, this is just about gathering, getting your physicals, having some meetings doing some individual work, working as a team is still multiple weeks off. So that's, we'll get to that later. Wait, 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 wink, wink, wink. Yes. Working as a team, wink. Working as a full team. Yeah. Yeah. Though I'm sure they'll be, uh, they'll, they'll be doing some stuff. Sure. And Hey, if they go away from the facility and they don't have coaches, they can do whatever they want. That's right. As we saw out in San Diego. So I want to ask you this because it kind of hit me, um, today and 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 zach stevens over at dmvr brought up when we're conversing on our podcast earlier today what would ota attendance have been like this year 
if the Broncos had stood pat with Vic Fangio and had Drew Locke coming back at quarterback? Oh, my God. Uh, I, I think the guys who... I think you would still have a decent attendance. I don't think attendance is the issue. Because I saw this question, and the first thing that struck me wasn't the attendance. The mm. problem would have been the feel around the facility. And you yeah. know that, like right? Like you've worked there where Peyton Manning was there, right? You worked there where even with... Um, you know, you, you knew that the expectations are a championship. Yeah. It's just a different feeling. You come in there differently, right? Guys mm-hmm. are ready to go. Um, even with the new head coach, you knew, okay, let's get in the playbook. Let's work together. Let's get ready to go for the upcoming season. Vic Fangio's still there, especially with the way that you've been losing the last six years, the last three with him. Guys would have been there. They wouldn't have been excited about it. I tell you what, some of these free agents that you – have signed this year, you wouldn't have gotten. Mm-hmm. It just wouldn't have been the same feeling. It would have been the team who is, they would have been going there for work. They wouldn't be going there for an opportunity out of the ring. Yeah. There's a buzz there. That's the thing. Yes, huge buzz. Because remember last year, a lot of guys didn't show up, but there were. it was a different set of circumstances. Because mm-hmm. you had, they were coming out of COVID, everyone was getting vaccinated, uh, players weren't happy with how things were structured, They, you know, the safety protocols. And all and all that was going on. It took a few weeks to kind of resolve itself, and it really wasn't until you got to teamwork that you had a huge chunk of the guys there. Right. But even then, you had you know Kyle Fuller was only there kind of on and off, and mm-hmm. uh, Melvin Gordon was only there you know on and off. Right. And, right. Right. And, oh, he, and even I... Teddy Bridgewater wasn't in the building until a couple weeks after the Broncos had traded for him. Can I tell you what the biggest thing this offseason is? Yeah. Is that alone. Yeah. That move alone. You have you just have a month ahead of what you got with Teddy Bridgewater. Actually, you will have two months ahead. Because of what they were doing out in San Diego. Yes. Yeah. And, and you think about it, what you got Teddy Bridgewater literally two days before the draft. Yeah. Two days before the draft, you get him. And then you go into this quarterback competition. There is no competition right now. You know who's the starting guy with Russell Wilson. So now... You have two extra months, at least. Mm-hmm. Now you go into the building. Now you're starting to learn the offense. Now you can say, hey, Russ, let's go back on the field and let's go and learn. Let's go and work on this play right here. Mm-hmm. Or let's work on this concept over here. Mm-hmm. It's just so much different, and the offense will be so much better once it comes September. It'll be better just because the players that they have. Hey, I mean, I think even if, if Russell Wilson had not dropped in there until June, I think it would have been a lot better. Mm-hmm. It certainly helps now. Like one thing that Nathaniel Hackett had said a couple of times, he mentioned this down at uh, down in Palm Beach at the league meetings a couple of weeks back, is that he couldn't really start working on designing the offense just yet because he wanted to see guys. He wanted to meet with them in person. He wanted to also start learning what they had skill set wise. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I don't think that's a bad thing. We're actually going to get into a little, this a little bit yeah, in the next in yeah. the next segment because. Yep. While there is a lot of uh, there, there's a lot of optimism. We're going to kind of explain why maybe it should, at least for this year, maybe it should be tempered a little bit. But at least it feels like there's a direction again. I right. think the, the right. thing about the last few years is the direction. The direction was was very vague, and certainly last year when you're having a competition mm-hmm. at quarterback, mm-hmm. it didn't feel like there was there was a, a, a true forward direction no, over there. And it really wasn't a competition since day one, right? Like, mm-hmm. we all knew Teddy Bridgewater would be the guy, but you kind of sat there and say, well, maybe Drew Locke because of mm-hmm. his arm strength. 
maybe he could have been the guy. But it turned out it wasn't going to be that way either way, right? It wasn't going to happen. Again, now you don't have that question. And I love hearing from Nathaniel Hackett going to say, hey, our base offense is the West Coast system. Like, he has the base Mm -hmm. offense there, right? Yeah. The base playbook is already around. But what he's going to look to do to put Cortland Sutton, Tim Patrick, Jerry Judy, K.J. Hamler coming off a torn ACL, to put all those guys in the best position to succeed, Mm -hmm. that's what he's waiting for, to see how guys look. Think about this. This is year number two of Cortland Sutton coming off that torn ACL. Mm Mm-hmm. So now you get that burst back. Now you get that that guy who could jump up and get those 50-50 balls, right? Yeah. You get that guy back. Now you get Tim Patrick, who's going to be comfortable in that role as a third wide receiver. And that's a really good role for him because there's not many third wide receivers who are Tim Patrick's out there in, in the world, right? Mm-hmm. So now you get all those different things rolling. And then, wait a minute. Now if you get K.J. Hamler going with his speed and what he could bring to the table, well, now your offense is, is totally different. Now you could really see four wide receiver sets, and it's like, God bless you, how do you cover this team? So it's going to be very interesting to see what happens. Yeah, I mean, best case scenario, you've got something terrific. Yes. These things rarely hit the best case scenario, in particular K.J. Hamler. The <laughs> poor guy's got to prove he can stay healthy. Yeah, he does. First. I mean, you you love the notion of him taking the top off of defense. Mm-hmm. I know that's something that Eric gets into a lot. I think Eric's very sold on, on, on K.J. Hamler. I've got to see him stay healthy. Sure. I don't want if if he's you know forget about the ACL it was all the hamstring issues. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the other thing with KJ Hamler, you're always going to have to live with probably is a high drop rate because he had a high drop rate at Penn State. Yep. He still has that here. Usually, if you carry that over from college to the pros, it's just something that's going to stick with you. But you you can get by with it if you're doing enough other good things. I mean, for example, you know what a high drop rate is the venerated Wes Welker, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and he was still productive. Yep. So there's an equa- there's an equation for him. There's an equation for him to work, but I think. Getting all the getting all those guys in the right roles for them, doing doing the right things. Find find. I think they'll find the timing and the cohesion with Russell Wilson. But like for example, um, Tim Patrick and Cortland Sutton, they 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 pack they they project more as outside guys. Yes. I mean, are you talking about Jerry Judy being a slot guy? <laughs> I mean. In theory, but he's going to have that's something he's going to have to learn. But I think he could do it exceptionally well. He will beat you in a phone booth. Think about this third and four, him in a slot. Yeah. (laughs) Are you kidding me? Right? Yeah. You get him in the right concept, give him the right play, Mm -hmm. the right opportunity, even maybe get him in motion to where he doesn't have to worry about any bump and run coverage because he's not the biggest, you know, stature of a player. Mm -hmm. He's going to beat you right right off the line. He will get the ball right to him. You know, and there's so many different times that he was wide open last year that the ball just didn't go his way, right? Mm-hmm. For one reason or another. So last two years, last two years. So I, I know yeah. this, and I know he needs to catch the football and different things like that. Trust me, a lot of things change when you have a different voice in the building, especially at quarterback. Yeah, that different voice is Russell Wilson, of course, but another different voice is Nathaniel Hackett, and he obviously projects a great deal of optimism in terms of in terms of what he says when he meets the media. But as we learn today, maybe there's a little bit of a realist to him as well, and perhaps the sky-high expectations for the 2022 Broncos need to be tempered a bit. Why? We'll tell you on the other side. Afternoon drive with Goodman and Mason. Justin Adams here for Eric Goodman, Mile High Sports Radio, MileHighSports.com. Next day's function, high class luncheon, food is
Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, milehighsports.com, milehighsportsradio, 98.1 FM, 107.5 HD, 3 FM. Eric Goodman out today, I'll be back in tomorrow. Justin Adams of CBS4 sitting in for him you know there was something that i saw um over the weekend yeah uh it was posted it was posted i believe by the broncos reddit twitter account um retweeting something from an account called seahawk nerd okay <laughs> and uh and it was said interesting comment about drew lock and then and the comment basically went he didn't lose his job to teddy b i'm a broncos fan went to all went to the otas all the reports that were that Drew was winning and clearly the better quarterback in OTAs. Well, I can tell you uh, that was not the case for all the reports. <laughs> <laughs> all of a sudden, Vic Fangio names Teddy the start. We all kind of like, what? And then goes on and on. And, and I says, I feel like Drew got bleeped on by the coaching staff. I hope he does well in Seattle. I am so glad that we're not trying to talk ourselves into something. Like you said at the beginning. Seattle. Where's the camera? Seattle fans. I have a message for you. Um, you don't know what sucks feels like, especially at the quarterback position. I know you had Russell Wilson for a while. First of all, thank you so much for uh, for giving him over to us. But uh, it's about to be terrible. <laughs> You're about to be terrible, terrible, terrible at the quarterback position. Now, look, Drew Locke will have a lot of really good throws. Really, he will. I mean, he's going to have some throws that you'll be like, wow, I haven't seen that throw in years. Then he'll get near the goal line. And you try to do a read option for some reason. I don't know why. And rather than giving it to your running back, who runs over everybody, he'll try to take the ball himself and then try to, you know, put the ball over his arm and everything, and it gets ripped from his body. That's Drew Locke. Enjoy the Drew Locke experience, my friends, because it's going to be an interesting one. I think you have some football PTSD from <laughs> that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> from the read option there. Man! Against the Bengals. Dude, and I know we got to go to the next subject. So no, that's okay. We, you know, we're we free-flowing. Take your time. Get it off your chest. That's what you're here for. I couldn't believe a play like that where you're like, you're near the goal line. And I get it. We all trying to make plays. Everybody's an athlete out there. It's pros on pros. I get it. But to lose the ball like that near the goal line where all you had to do was just hand off the football. Ah, oh, thank God it's over. Just thank God that's over. We don't have to worry about them no more. Mace, we have a quarterback, man. It's like how you felt when Tom Brady came through the door. I know you're a Tampa Bay fan. Mm-hmm. When Tom Brady came through, you didn't have to worry about Jameis throwing all his interceptions no more. No, you said to say, all right, hopefully he can hold back father time for a couple more years. Right. You don't even have to worry that, about that with Russell Wilson. Wilson, based on what we've seen from Excellent quarterbacks should have six to eight years in him. Easily. Yeah. Easily. And so... Uh, I know he's talking about 10 to 12. I'm trying to keep it within right. reason here, right? Because mm. part, part of Russell Wilson's game is, yes, for sure, he makes passes in the pocket, but mm. what makes him special is he scrambles around and extends plays. Now, sometimes that gets him in trouble. Mm-hmm. We've seen that before, especially in a home opener several years ago where the Broncos were going up against Russ and were able to beat him. 
got him in trouble several times at that. Yeah. But it is also what makes him special and what makes him dangerous and is an element that the Broncos haven't had in years. It's that Patrick Mahomes element. Mm-hmm. He's not the fastest guy out there, but he can extend plays, make plays happen from the pocket, and he has a great arm too. So Broncos finally have somebody like that. Finally have somebody. Time now for the buzz. The Buzz is presented by Mighty Plumbing and Heating. Why does Mighty Plumbing and Heating have over 600 five-star reviews? No one has better service, and they will meet or beat any written offer. Go to MightyPH.com. You remember year one of Peyton Manning in Denver, I do. right? I do. Ten years ago. A little bit ragged at the start, right? Oh, yeah, it was. Two and four start. Got blown out. Pretty. I mean, the game was closer, but pretty much got blown out at home against the Texans. Yeah, they did. Didn't start turning around until that sixth game against the Chargers. Mm-hmm. Yep. At ha- after halftime. Well, Nathaniel Hackett said some things today, uh, or recently, to Albert Breer Sports Illustrated. It was in Albert Breer's MMQB column at SI.com today. And uh, I know there's a lot of excitement, but I think even Nathaniel Hackett has a little bit of realism mm-hmm. about this. Right, right, right. And he said, quote, I haven't been with the players at all. I don't know the players. I don't know Russell. I don't know what Russell likes. And truly, you don't know. You try your hardest to project, but even Russell's probably going to like different stuff. We don't have DK Metcalf, so he's got to find stuff for Cortland and Tim and Jerry Judy and Javon Timmons, all these guys. That's a process. Mm-hmm. Look at basketball. Yeah. Look when LeBron goes somewhere new. I mean, it's not like they jump right in and win it. People have to mold together. The idea is to get that mold to happen as fast as you possibly can. We did a great job finding ways to win games that first year in Green Bay, 2019 when yes. Hackett... And uh, Matt LaFleur arrived. Mm-hmm. And then that second year is where I felt like it was the best offense I've ever been a part of, unquote. So I hear that. And obviously, he's not saying that you can't accomplish something in year one. But I hear that and I think maybe in terms of the great expectations for Broncos country to be back in the Super Bowl conversation, mm-hmm. it's more about 23 than 22. Well, you could you could make that argument, but if you're using the Peyton Manning analogy, right? Let, let's go and talk about 2012, right? The, his first year. That was the best team. Like, that was Not the, the best, best offense, but the best team. It was that the was best, the best overall mix. Right. Yes. And so, but you look at what you already have on defense. Defense travels. Now, that will take some time. But you have a new coordinator. That And that's the deal. A new yeah. coordinator, new eyes, right? New mm-hmm. plays that he likes to call, new blitzes, new pressures, new coverages that he likes to call, too. So that will take a little bit of time. But you have to go and rely on what will travel. Defense has to travel, right? You mm-hmm. didn't lose a lot of pieces there, okay? You still need to find um, a couple different cornerbacks over there and get some more edge rushers. Um, and what else travels is a running game. Will the Broncos rely on the running game early on is really the question for me. Like, I know you have Javante Williams, but are you going to get another running back? Will you go and resign? Um, I don't know why I can think of his name right well, now. Melvin Gordon, Melvin Gordon is, yeah. uh, was was reported last week to be talking with, with the Ravens. Right. So are you going to resign him or will you find somebody else? Right. Mm-hmm. So those are the things you have to go and really sit on. But the passing game, that will take a little bit just to get going. That 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 is a reality. I mean, ideally, the running back, you can find somebody in the middle rounds to be a number two if you can't bring back Melvin Gordon. Mm-hmm. But to go to your point, I still think I'd feel more comfortable early, early in the season with a Javante Williams-Melvin Gordon split yes. than a Javante Williams-Mike Boone split or a Javante Williams-whoever-you-get-round-three-round-four split. Right, right, right. That's... That is the thing that can kind of help an offense through some growing pains in in the passing game as well. And then just 
kind of the, to, I brought up the coordinators first time first time defensive play caller first time special teams coordinator your offensive coordinator just now it isn't calling the plays but it's his first time in that job mm-hmm. and Nathaniel Hackett actually hasn't called plays since 2018 right there's a lot of adjustment there and then you throw in the new quarterback this may be something where you're hoping if you're Broncos country you're knocking on wood that your early schedule is a little bit benign. I mean, maybe most people would like to say, okay, I want to have the, the easy games later on. You go back to 2012, for example, that year with Peyton Manning, mm-hmm. they had a pretty rough start to the season in part because they went Pittsburgh at Atlanta, who had the number one seed that year yep. in the AFC. Yep. Houston at home, who for most of the year was on track to be the number one seed. Mm-hmm. Then they got a breather with the Raiders, and then they got they had to go to Foxborough after that. Yep. I look at this schedule and I think, or the, the opponents will get the schedule here in the next few weeks, but I would much rather open with, say, Carolina or the Jets or the Texans. Yes. There, It looks like there's going to be at least one big game early because the buzz uh, floating around the league meetings is that either the Rams game would be in week one, Thursday night at Los Angeles, or Broncos Chiefs would be week two Thursday night on Amazon. Oh I don't think you want both. But wow. if they have one of those early, like if they open with the Rams on Thursday night football week one, I'm I'm hoping, okay, I'm hoping for Houston at home week two. For sure. Right. Right, right. But, Jets at home week yeah. two. If you have to travel at Carolina week two, at Jacksonville week two, like last year. Right. And, and the hope is, number one, that the benefit of this through everything else is that unlike your 2012, you actually get the fourth place play schedule, right? Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of different things that you don't have to worry about. Fourth place also got you a game in Baltimore, though. Very true. That was a bad break. That was a terrible break. But mm-hmm. depending on where that game lies, mm-hmm. You could have your offense running on full cylinder. And you're going to need it against Baltimore. Oh, my God. And that ball control offense and that, the way they like to do their thing. That's the team everybody's sleeping on right now, and they shouldn't. And they're sleeping on them because of how they, they struggled at the end last year, but they didn't have Lamar Jackson. They didn't have they anybody. Were, they were 8-4 and four when Lamar got hurt. Dude, they didn't have Lamar. They didn't yeah. have Marcus Peters. And you think of some of the moves that were made. And they're getting the J.K. They Dobbs and J.K. Dobbins back. Right. They're getting Gus Edwards back at running back. They lost two games, one on two-point conversions, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, let's say they win one of those games. They're in the playoffs. Yeah. So it's a total different team that you're looking at, a total mm-hmm. different team that you're talking about. So, mm-hmm. yeah, there's a lot of different things they have to worry about. But the reality is this. You know because of what you have at quarterback, you're going to get a marquee game early on in the season. Yep. Get ready for it. It is what it is. But then you have those four to seven games. You have several different stretches where you're going to play the Houston Texans, the New York Jets. Those will be your get-right games. So you just have to go and figure out a way, right? Mm-hmm. When you look at the schedule, even though it's 17 games, you have to have your best four-game block and figure out a way how to go and win those, those games, right? Win those quarters in the season. So... Just for the Broncos, you just got to hope that, hey, in one of those games, you win one of them. You're going to lose some. It is what it is. But you have to go and say, in November and December, can we get our offense playing its best and have a record good enough to compete in the AFC West and also lock up a playoff spot? What record will make you happy? 11 wins. Okay. 11 wins. Yeah. 17 games, you have 11 wins. You have the fourth place schedule. There's no reason why this team can't get 11 wins. I think so, too. Yeah. I mean, that's... 
basically it's kind of halfway between 10 and 6 and 11 and 5 because yeah, yeah. they have the extra game. 11, I, I don't know if 11 and 6 is going to be good enough to win the division, but I think that's a perfectly, that's a perfectly solid start to this. Yeah. And, you know, it gives you an opportunity yeah. to steal, like, not only in the playoffs, but, again, defense travels, running mm-hmm. game travels. You still have the pieces at this moment to be able to make a run in the postseason. But, if Russ, guys wants are to, but Russ wants to cook. I know everybody wants to cook. But sometimes in that jambalaya, you got to have, as everything's all mixed up, you got to make sure you have that gumbo, right? You have to make sure you have that sausage. You have to make sure you have those potatoes and all those other different things. Well, you know what? When you mm-hmm. eat those meat and potatoes, you know what you get? A really good running game. And the fat boys up front. That's what Russ needs to have to be successful. So what's the gumbo without a running game? Is it just shrimp and uh, it, no sausage? I, mean, I, lo- I love shrimp in my gumbo. Yeah it's, yeah. it's pretty much what Seattle had last year, right? Yeah. Right. <laughs> not, not much. Oh, my gosh. Do you, do you think Hackett can play the long game? I think he can. I do, too. I, do too. I think he can, um, especially this year. But, but again, it has to come back to what are you relying on? Mm-hmm. Um, you don't really limit the throws on Russell, but you have to put him in the best position to succeed. Again, he has to call plays for a long time, but he does have experience calling plays. And let me tell you, this is not Blake Bortles. Think about this. The last time he called plays, Blake Bortles was the quarterback. And it's interesting to kind of to look back at his play calling history, right? Because of course he was in Buffalo as well, and he had EJ Manuel. EJ Manuel. He had Kyle Orton. Look at those guys huh? in Buffalo, right? right? I mean, he had Jeff Tool for a game. <laughs> I think they played Kansas City in that game, if I'm not mistaken. Right. They had uh, they had they had Thaddeus Lewis. In Jacksonville, they had, of course, you know, uh, there was a lot of a lot of Blake Bortles, right? But I think, I think he got. Um, did he did he get anyone else like a Cody Kessler coming through there uh, at some point? That is a great question because I, I, don't, I don't. Maybe Bortles, not. Bortles got paid, didn't he? Like Bortles got a contract extension. Well, Co- yeah, he. I, let's see. Cody Kessler started four games in 2018 for the Jaguars, but. Uh, Okay, they were all after the Nathaniel Hackett was fired. So the only starting quarterback Nathaniel Hackett had in Jacksonville was Blake Bortles, yeah. who can't get a sniff right now, no, basically, right? No, because he doesn't deserve one. Um, I mean, hey, now it is what it is. Hey, don't don't tell Nathaniel Hackett that. <laughs> all right, he, he's, here I, I will say this: <laughs> Nathaniel Hackett thinks more of Blake Bortles than like you as a listener do. Okay. And you can understand why. Right. They had some good times. They won a couple of playoff games. Hey, we could all win a couple of play. Hey, Bort- they- Bortles looked better with Hackett than anybody else. And that is very true. They yeah. went into they went into Jackson. They went into Pittsburgh. Uh-huh. Got a huge W, right? High scored affair in that one. Was able Should've to get have won win. the next week. Goodness gracious. Actually, just think back on oh, that. Oh my god. You know how close we were to a Super Bowl quarterback by Nick Foles and Blake Bortles? <laughs> You know what? I think that actually would have been kind of awesome. It would have been a great Super Bowl. And I and the reason is every so often you need to throw something different in there. Agreed. Agreed. And I do think one thing that is has gradually happened over the last 15, 16 years is that for the most part, the the ticket for entry to being a Super Bowl team is having a great quarterback or having a quarterback who has his career year or a career moment. Like Joe Flacco had his career moment in the 2012 playoffs, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So if you don't have that, you don't stand a chance. And yet 
if you'd had a Super Bowl with Nick Foles and Blake Bortles and you know they were slinging it out, who knows, maybe the Jaguars win with Blake Bortles. First of all, if that happened, I think Nathaniel Hackett would have been somebody's head coach long before oh, this. Oh, yeah, definitely. He wouldn't, he wouldn't be the Broncos' yes. head coach. Someone would have, would have grabbed him. Yes. But second of all, I think it would have given you... It would have given you the kind of hope that existed 20 years ago when you had the, like, there was a period of time in the late 90s, early 2000s. In 1998, you had Chris Chandler starting in a Super Bowl. Yep. Falcons lost. Yep. In 99, you had Kurt Warner, turned out to be a Hall of Famer, but had just come from NFL Europe in the Arena League. In, 20, in, in 2000, you had uh, the year, the 2000 season, you had Kerry Collins. And Trent, Trent Dilfer. In 01, you had Warner again. In 02, you had Brad Johnson, who'd also come been in yes. NFL Europe. Yes. And Rich Gannon, who'd been kind of on the scrap heap for a while. And then in in, thir- in 03, against Tom Brady, you had Jake DeLome, who'd come from NFL Europe. There was that about five, six years, like a five, six year stretch where you had a lot of quarterbacks who had very undistinguished resumes. I think a big part of that, I mentioned NFL Europe a few times. Mm-hmm is that you had the ability to find somebody who maybe wasn't going to be long-term elite, but could be good enough to win with, that was just a late bloomer that needs some time, that needs some reps, and that's the kind of thing we don't have. I mean, who's to, you know, you know, Drew Locke is maligned around here. Drew Locke certainly could have used a, a spring in Europe, get and, some good reps. And he would have balled, too. Yeah. He, he played well, but you know what? It, he would have, but he would have focused on reading defenses better, and it might and it might have given him a better shot here in Denver. And what's the number one thing? Confidence. Yeah. It would have given him a lot more confidence to be able to play on the field. Yep. Someone who historically has not lacked for confidence is uh, Tiger Woods, and he did manage to complete the entire four rounds at Augusta over the weekend. Wasn't where he wanted to be, but sometimes just finishing is the accomplishment. What's next for Tiger? Could he win a major again at some point? We're going to discuss on the other side. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason. Justin Adams of CBS4 in for Eric Goodman. Mile High Sports Radio, MileHighSports.com. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason. Watch us on milehighsports.com. Listen to Mile High Sports Radio, 107.5 HD3 FM, 98.1 FM in Denver. Andrew Mason here. Filling in for Eric Goodman, who will be back tomorrow, is Justin Adams of CBS Ford. When you do this show, I mean, you were on this morning, right? Yeah, I was on this morning. And what time do you get down to the CBS Ford studios so in the morning? I get there at 3.30 in the morning. Wow. <laughs> I really hope that you're able to have a nap uh, so, today. All right, so this is my day. Uh, yeah. You know, wake up at 2.30, well, yeah. 2.15, 2.30, uh, get dressed, head down to the station by 3.30. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm live at 5. Yep. Five, five thirty, six, six thirty, do my thing. And then sometimes I'm on the noon show, not today. I go right from there and I go work out. Yeah. So I go do my my training sessions with a couple of friends of mine at one o'clock and then I come here. So when I say I'm burning both night both both sides of the, the midnight oil right now, I'm on fumes, baby. What time is bedtime tonight? 
Uh, about eight o'clock. Eight o'clock would be bedtime. I know, okay. I, I know it's not a that's full. About, that's six yeah, and a half six hours. hours. You know, you never really get the full yeah. eight hours, but you, you get enough. Six and a, uh, six and a half is the point where I, I can get by the next day. Yeah, yeah, that, that's yeah. really all you need. You just want to get by to mm-hmm. the next day and keep it moving, and then catch up later. Right? That's right. So that's right. You are man. <laughs> You are doing some work here, yes, my sir. friend. If you want to join us on the Rocky Mountain Forest Twitter feed, join the conversation at Mace Denver at JustNaz TV. Time now for what's trending. What's trending? Presented by Silterhar Mazda. Get to Silterhar in Broomfield for a no-pressure buying experience at Silterhar Mazda, or find them at sthmazda.com. All right, time now for the Rocky Mountain Forest Park shout-out question with the guys from the Just Us Guys podcast, Ty Calcade and Evan. This past weekend, it was the Masters. Scotty Scheffler won, but a lot of eyes, of course, were on Tiger Woods, mm-hmm. who did not finish well, but he did He did finish. He ended up finishing all four rounds, 13 over par, 78-78 on Saturday and Sunday. His first tournament back since the accident back in January. Justin, after what you saw from Tiger Woods this weekend, age 46, do you think he'll ever win another another major? Never say never with Tiger Woods because he had no business winning the Masters several years ago. And that's the only reason why I would never say never with him. Um, I think he has one more in him. He has one more magical golden moment in him. And generally, it happens on those type of golf courses where it's just weird, right? Where like, like the British Open, for example, the wind blows all over the place. You never know what happens with the ball, and sometimes it just happens where you could be able to win. Um, I think he did well early on in the Masters because he knew that golf course so well. Like, I mean, Augusta, it's just, it's just kind of it's a part of him. Like he knows that so well. So we see what happens with him there. Obviously, there's several, um, but the. Three more masters are not masters, but three more majors are left the rest rest of the year. But this year, do I see him winning one? Not this year, but for the rest of his career, do I see him winning one? For sure, I, he has another one in him. Yeah, I'm with you. I can't count Tiger out. I just don't think it's going to be this year. Maybe even next year. Mm-hmm. You kind of hit the nail on the head. I thought when you said it's a type of course. Yeah, like Phil Mickelson when he became the oldest major winner, he won it at the ocean course at Kiowa Island, which mm-hmm. basically plays like a Lynx course that you'd play the open on overseas. Mm-hmm. And you got winds all tricky winds all over the place. And he was able to master that and win. it's going to take something like that, I think for Tiger Woods to win another major. And also he's going to have to build the strength back mm-hmm. in, in his legs guys. What do you think? The thing is, the, the leg strength, I think, just to walk the course, you could it, you could see by the end of it how much he was laboring. Right. And then the first thing that kind of went was his putting stroke. Yes. Yep, yep, yep. And you could even kind of see that a little early. But that's common for most golfers when they get in their 40s and 50s. Mm-hmm. Putting stroke is the first thing to go. Mm-hmm. So for him, it, it's he's going to have to build that back up. Yeah. But the question is, it's like... <laughs> Again, you're, you're you're beating you have you're battling Father Time. That's what yeah. he's battling. Like he's battling Father Time. He's he's literally doing in many respects what the Tom Brady's, LeBron James, all these other guys are trying to do. He has to figure out a way mm-hmm. how to make sure that, as you said, his putting that it doesn't go away in the third round, 
It doesn't go away in the fourth round. It doesn't abandon him late in the second round where you're doing good early on. He has to figure out a way. He needs to go and get himself to the point where he gets to the fourth day. Mm-hmm. And he's in contention. And he has an opportunity to win and win one. That, like He has to get to that point. And especially when you get those Sunday pin placements as well. Yeah, you do. Like you could, I, I could see him pulling that off. And again, the putting stroke is going to be key. But I could see him... I, I actually maybe foresee it happening more at the Open or the U.S. Open mm-hmm. than maybe the Masters. Right, right, right. The Masters more and more, even though even though it, it you have to be precise, you can kind of boom your way around there a little bit. You really can. Yeah. You really can. And his game is going to, it, it's going to be ball stroke. It's going to be precision ball striking. Yeah. If he's going to win on the major. It's, it's interesting how, you know, I was looking at Bruce, Brooks Kepka and I was like, where, where was him? Right? Like there's so yeah. many different names and so many different guys that you see out there. You're like, Wait, where did they go? It just shows you how, again, golf is just that very interesting and weird sport where on one week you're doing great, the next week you're missing the cup. It right. is what it is. You're missing the cut, so it is what it is. So that's why I still think with Tiger Woods, with his experience, now mm-hmm. he has to become a different golfer, like mm-hmm. Peyton Manning when he came to Denver, a different quarterback. He was more effective than ever, but he was a different quarterback than he was in Indianapolis. Can Tiger Woods become that different golfer at 46? That's what will define if he wins another major. I think it's it's also an appropriate time to appreciate what he is when you look at, at him just struggling to get through mm-hmm. and getting what I thought was a very well-deserved ovation mm-hmm. for just finishing yes. after what he's gone through. Yes. But at the same time, you look back at the fact that at one point, he was the number one golfer in the world for 264 consecutive <laughs> weeks, which was over five years. Right. And then he did that again for two and went even longer, 281 consecutive weeks. Right. And yet you see like the these other names that kind of come, come and go. I mean, Jordan Spieth was supposed to be the next big thing, right? Exactly. Yeah. Uh, Bryson DeChambeau, you know, you know, long and strong, but mm-hmm. you know, if you can't if you can't keep that thing on the fairway, it's a it's a disaster. I mean. I don't want to denigrate Scotty Scheffler, who is on the roll of his life right now. Right, right, right. He had never won a tournament before the Phoenix, mm-hmm. the Waste Management Open in mm-hmm. Phoenix, and he's won four in the last couple of months. But is but I think I feel like in a couple of years it's going to be like okay, this was his moment. He capital and he maximized it. Good for him. But it didn't end up becoming something sustained. Everybody has their fifteen minutes of fame, especially in golf. Yes, what Tiger Woods did was sustain it for decades. And that's the difference between him and everyone else. And that's what separates Tiger Woods and Jack Nicholas mm-hmm. and Tom Watson from and guys like those from the rest that's right. of the field. Danny, what did we miss? A big weekend for hockey in the mile high. We have one championship run that just ended and another one potentially beginning. We'll talk about that next right here on Afternoon Drive with Adams and Mason on Mile High Sports. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason. Watch the MileHighSports.com. Listen to Mile High Sports Radio, 98.1 FM, 107.5 HD3 FM. In Denver, Eric Goodman out for today. He'll be back in tomorrow. Justin Nams of CBS 4 sitting in during the commercial, by the way. 
Justin and I were watching this video, and I retweeted it on <laughs> at Mace Denver on the Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed, at Mace Denver, uh, from uh, Jordan Sperber of, of Hoop Vision. And it is a, ma- a two-minute and 20-second mashup of, col- of, of recent press conferences yes. in the coaching in the coach hiring cycle in men's college basketball yes. and how you hear the same things over and over and over again accountability <laughs> culture we're going to recruit our home state we're going to play up tempo <laughs> i'll say these things over and over again over and over again and and multiple ones referred to uh said oh there's my wife He's a real player in the family. I met her in college. <laughs> yeah. That's like I was thinking like how, how many of the coaches met their wives in college and they're both basketball players. Right. It well, seems like it happens a lot. It's all about the culture. Yeah. You know, it's all about if you have good culture, oh. that's a good thing, right? That's what that's what makes everything go well. You gotta have that culture. You know what gives you a good culture What's in that? football? What's the that? quarterback. That's right. Time now for final word. The final word. Is presented by the McKenzie Law Firm. Don't wait before it's too late. Protect your family by setting up a will, living will, or estate plan with Dan McKenzie at themckenziefirm.com. Just in case you missed it. Presented by Mountain High Appliance, Colorado's favorite appliance store for 25 years in Louisville, Colorado Springs, and now open in their new store in Littleton. Go to mountainhighappliance.com. Just in case you missed it, the uh, biggest news of the weekend in the Denver sports world, another title. DU ties Michigan for the most college hockey national championships with their ninth title after erupting for five goals in the third period versus Minnesota State. Is this the start of a new championship era in Denver? I mean, anytime you tie... (laughs) <laughs> you know, the NCAA with nine, right? You tie Michigan with nine. Um, you don't start the era, baby. You just keep it going, okay? Now, it's so difficult to win, especially in college, right? So One and done. So I, 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 think it's, I think it's one and done yeah. th- this year. Now, look, I'm not going to be a guy who's an apologist who say I know DU hockey that well. But I will say this. I was very impressed by what they did on Saturday. Yeah. Uh, but it's very difficult to win. Man. A is, lot of things have to go your way. It is. And, and the college hockey tournament lends itself to surprise runs Mm -hmm. just because of the one-and-done nature of it. I mean, for example, uh, DU, of their nine national championships, four have come since 04 under three different coaches. Mm -hmm. Two back-to-back with George Gwazdecki Mm -hmm. and then then, uh, one with Jim Montgomery Mm -hmm. and now one with David Carl, which is testament to the strength of the program. Right. But every so often, like, you're going to be a great team, but you're not going to come through and then maybe you're going to win one from from off the radar. I mean, the one thing you can say about DU is just like that they tend to maximize their shot. Yes, they better. do. And I think with Danny, you're talking about all sports, right? Kind of a championship era. Yeah, that's in kind Denver. of where I was going with it. Oh, I, mean, I like that. Yeah. Oh, well, I like that. Well, you know the Avs, they'll maybe, get it going. Maybe it know? could be. I think the most likely thing is uh, back-to-back hockey championships yeah. here. I think uh, of of everybody else, the Avs are the closest. Have the best have the best chance yes even better than the broncos yes yes they do and, and certainly better than the nuggets this year yeah but next year next year nuggets got to get it done next year nuggets got to get it done. yeah they got to get it done man pressure's gonna be on just in case you missed it you mentioned the other hockey team in town that plays in the pros they are about to make a playoff run of their own just about a month left in the nhl season and according to jared bednar 
Gabe Landeskog is not skating yet, but he is expected to be available by playoff time. What kind of lead up would you like to see for Landy if he comes back for the postseason? Or would you expect him to be ready to go if he doesn't get any regular season games beforehand? You know, it's kind of weird. I, you know, with Jamal Murray, I I needed to see a lead up, right? I need to see him in a couple of games just mm-hmm. for him to get comfortable and then to go. I just feel like it's different with hockey players. Maybe it's just me. I just feel like in hockey, it's like, play. Like, are you healthy? Good. Just go play. And so I think Gabe, with the rest of the talent around him, he'll be just fine in the postseason. I think the other thing also is that Landis Cog just hasn't missed as much time. Right. And uh, and with Jamal Murray, now we are talking about what we are talking. We're, we're approaching tw- exactly 12 months, right? We are. We are. Since uh, he tore the ACL. Yep. So... At that, when you're talking about something beyond a couple of months, then I think you it really becomes okay. I need to see some lead up for sure. Yeah, yeah. That could, that's all for this hour. That's okay, all you had that was it. Well, we I are, have a lot more, but okay. we're at fifty six. Oh, so yeah. this gets us this gets us to the top of the hour uh, on time. That was Mountain High Appliances. Just in case you missed it, if you're looking for top end appliances or something to fit your budget, no one takes care of you like Mountain High Appliance. You can find them in Louisville, Littleton. Or their clearance center for even better pricing in North Bit Denver. And of course, check them out at mountainhighappliance.com. We're talking about being optimistic about the Broncos, mm-hmm. right? Yes. There are some out there who do not share optimism. Some NFL executives poo pooing the Broncos' <laughs> chances a little bit. What did they have to say? Do they have a point? In their critiques, we'll tell you on the other side. Afternoon drive with Goodman and Mason. Just Nam's in for Eric Goodman, Andrew Mason here on Mile High Sports Radio, MileHighSports.com.